If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Quantum Revenue Expansion, where we keep you motivated, inspired, and thinking big. Up-leveling into quantum revenue is a choice that we can all make in any moment and then continue to make that choice to stay in that space each day. On this podcast, Ursula will share revenue growth strategies to reach your next level and introduce you to CEOs just like you who are making it happen. What's your next quantum leap going to be? See it, own it, and take that first step. If this is you, then Ursula wants to invite you to join us at the next 2X Intensive now. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. You're listening to Quantum Revenue Expansion with your host, Ursula Menchez. Let's go. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Quantum Revenue Expansion, the podcast. I'm so excited because I have the coolest guest here today. We might laugh. We might cry. Dr. Barbara Portsline is in the house growing her super successful business, telling us all the things. And the thing I love about you, Barbara, is you're, you're just honest. So I don't even know what's going to come out of your mouth today. And that makes me really happy. So I'm super excited to provide entertainment, joy, and some amazing tips along the way, because today we're talking about how to rewrite your story, got to do it, and exponentially expand your business. And on our show and our programs, we talk a lot about rewriting the story. And I, I love I love what you're going to bring to it today, though, the twist on it, how it's worked for you, and really what you recommend for others. So before I tell you about Barbara, a couple housekeeping things. Oh, so many things. If you haven't yet, go to uh, my homepage, UrsulaInc.co. And to the gentleman out there who owns the .com, I still want to buy it. Like That's a whole other show. All right. Um, on the homepage, there's Quantum Revenue Expansion, the masterclass, which goes along with the podcast. So you haven't downloaded that, definitely grab that. If you haven't been to the 2X Intensive and you want to come and play next year in 2X or sales and shave 10 or more hours off your work week, you can go to UrsulaInc.co forward slash apply. Send us some details about you and your company, and we'll tell you all about the 2X Intensive. We'd love to have you. All right, that's enough. Let's let's dive in. So Dr. Barbara Portsline helps business owners close the gap between where their business is and their vision for it. Her personal mission is to help 100,000 businesses innovate so they can make more of an impact in our world 
and fall in love with the work they do, which I think is missing from the world today. Using a combination of deep organizational development experience and her intuitive gifts, her work supports a cross-discipline integrated approach to strategy, which is like no other. And I can say, I know, I know <laughs> your clients love you. I know you, you just have given so much to the world. And we go, we go all the way back to polka dot powerhouse. So for our PDP friends who are listening, a shout out to that and that connection. And I remember flying to New Mexico to hang out with you guys, which was amazing. And we've just been in each other's world. So let's start with your story. Um, what, what brought, like, what's your story? What brought you into the world of revenue? And also maybe along the way, how did you start to rewrite your story? Ooh, well, like you said, we never know what's gonna come out of my mouth. So let's see what story I tell today. Um, I, wow. I'm going to tell I'm going to tell the short story since we only have about 30 minutes for this. I was so tired of working at places where it felt like a dysfunctional family. And you know, I I think about my um I'll say my 20s, we'll start at 20s because I've got a lot there. But basically in the 20s, in my 20s, I would take positions. I would be so excited to work at a new company. My background was in psychology. I thought, I'm going to help people. I'm going to make a great impact. I'm so excited to work with this great, amazing boss that's hiring me. And shortly after, and this has happened multiple times, shortly after, I wind up in a situation where... I just feel like all of the stuff that takes place in dysfunctional families, because I did study psychology, you know, the the borderline tendency is the backbiting, the secrets, all of that stuff played out in the workplace. And I would like I would get so deflated. You know, one of the things I you, you mentioned is I want people to fall in love with the work they did. Yeah. I would go in excited about falling in love with the work and I would leave on every day feeling like I was going to throw up and I was trapped. And I um I did this for years and I remember I don't know how many of your listeners ever had that Sunday night feeling where you have that like pit yeah you have that pit raise your hand hi you have that raise your hand I can raise your hand even if you're just listening raise your hand Uh elliptical okay right it's like you just feel like oh my god I can't even go to bed I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night I'm so nervous I don't want to go to work I'm walking on eggshells and I just couldn't stand it and I saw so many people in that situation and so that really was the impetus for me to start looking at the workplace in a very different way. Is there more to, like, are you going to- There is, but I wasn't sure if I should stop talking because I can go on forever and it'll just be the Barbara podcast. And I- Okay, that's what I want. (laughs) What I I just wanted to highlight is that Sunday night feeling. Mm -hmm. It got so bad for me that I actually had to change- so I used to have a meeting with the owners of the tech company that I worked for. And, and Monday morning was the morning we would go over all the numbers for the company. And I was like, why did I schedule that day? So Sundays were a nightmare. So Sundays I would have to work then, right? I'd have to go over all the numbers. And finally it occurred to me, it'd be better if we did this on a Friday. So then I would do the work on a Thursday and not have a nervous breakdown Sunday night. So I totally feel you on that. So you felt trapped you felt stuck and you saw other people experiencing the same. What happened next? 
So it's a pattern, right? It, it, you know, it was always this like honeymoon period for maybe, actually starting a job always was not so much fun. So it was a little awkward in the beginning, then a honeymoon period, and then misery. And I realized that I did see a lot of people go through this, but not everybody. There were some people that actually thrived in places where other people were miserable. Like I, I would see, you know, my family, they'd come home from work, same thing, you know, oh, I don't like my boss, I don't like this. But there are other people that are doing well. They're getting promotions, they're thriving. And I started taking a step back and think about, okay, like is this just me and everyone I know? Is this like, is this just, you know, I'm super sensitive, I'm an empath, I'm, I'm taking on everyone's feelings? Or are there really some strategies that I could implement in my work world that would help me thrive and not be as easily impacted by all of the dysfunction around me? So I started studying that. You know, I, I'm, I, I joke that I never read a book because I want to do my own research. Like, I, I don't read. I, I, you know, I just, I get through programs just by doing, and I'm a doer. So I started interviewing people. And interviewing and finding out what are those strategies people use? Who are these organizational rebels that really can rock convention, um, not get sucked into stuff, have great boundaries, and actually do well and still love their work even yeah. when stuff's happening around them? And that's, you know, and that's kind of the path I went for a really long time. And I, I did, I studied, I started writing a book on it, I did some research, and I realized that you can stand out in the workplace and you can be a disruptor and you can um, not go with things just because that's the way they've always been done and do it in a way that preserves your integrity and at the same time helps you thrive in the workplace. Yeah. So. So interestingly, you left that world. So tell us about like when you finally left, started your own company, and now you're going back in with like superpowers. So tell us about that part of your part of the journey. Oh, gosh. So I don't even know. It, it was, you know, that's like a big lifespan that we're skipping here, right? So, okay. So I was miserable, dysfunctional life. Then I somehow went through this like, you know, time machine. And now here I am today going back into that world in a very different way, right? I, I help, I mean, right now what I do is I help organizations look at what is their vision? Why did they actually start their company? What is it that, what is their why? You know, we always talk about people's why. Why, what is the work they want to do? What is the impact they want to have in this world? And then what is the gap between... Yeah where they are right now and that impact they want to have. And then I help them to figure out the right strategy so they can close that gap. And a lot of times it just goes down to people, right? If your people are engaged, if your people are feeling supported, if they if they know that they're valued, they're more likely to, you know, produce for you. And and I think that that's it's very simplified and you know, now with our world with the pandemic, with all of these other things that have hit us, things are shifting and what's important to people is very different. So that's the work that I do, that's the work that I love. Yeah, super exciting and you know, it's it's 
I love when you said like, I do my own research. I interview people and I, I feel that like, that's what I do in the podcast, right? Like I get to pick people's brains and ask the questions and, and dig in. And I think that's a, it's one thing to read books, but it's also like having your own experiencing and experience and pulling those ideas out, especially when you talk about organizational rebels, like that really needs to be its own book. I'm just planting that seed for you again. I already have, I have like five chapters written already. I just, I don't like to write or read. That's the problem. And it'll get done. It's being pulled back out. So yes, I have I have great case studies actually that people have given me yeah. that yeah. talk about what the workplace was like and what strategies they used to to do better and to thrive and to love their work. So I want to come back to that. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that before we get there. Mm-hmm. So um let's make some notes. Talking about your own business, right? So a lot of our listeners, as you know, have their own businesses and you, you've worked with both corporations and individuals, like, you know, all the worlds. And so when, when you look back at growing your company, what were your biggest aha moments or the things you learned about scaling your own business, growing your own business, having those quantum revenue breakthroughs, or even the time when, you know, a time when there was more money in the bank account than bills that needed to be paid. I think that's always a big breakthrough for us entrepreneurs. Well, um, let me see if I can do this without cursing on your podcast. I'm trying really hard. I'm trying so hard. Um, My life was a show. It was a show for a long time. And I will say, um, gosh, what have I – there's so many pieces. So one of the things is I – I was used to doing things on my own my entire life. So I am a person that I don't have any brothers or sisters, just me and my family. I always just kind of figured stuff out and I did a lot of trial and error and a lot of error in that trial and error. And I was used to just figuring things out on my own for a long time. I have a little bit of a rebel in me. So if you tell me that I'm supposed to save money and I'm supposed to, uh, pay, you know, pay this bill and do all this. I have a little rebel that's like, mm, I don't want to do that. I want to do something fun. And so balancing that for many years in um, in the best way I could led to a pretty disastrous, um, a disastrous show. So I'm going to, and I'll explain what that means. It looked great on the outside. So on the outside, I've always been really great at connecting with people, at getting work, at doing great work. And behind the scenes, I was too smart to get help. I thought I was too smart to get help because I've always figured stuff out on my own and I didn't want to let people in to some of the shame and um, secrets that I was hiding. And so, you know, when when people talk about imposter syndrome and all that, it always, folks always say, oh, Barbara, you had imposter syndrome? It's like, yeah, you know, I fought that for a really long time because it looked great on the outside and it was, but behind the scenes, everything wasn't neat. And part of that was because I was so afraid to ask for help, terrified that someone would know that I didn't have it all together. And um, because of that, I had my 20s and 30s and early 40s, you know, not financially where I wanted to be. And again, on the outside, I had a lot of work. I had a lot of clients. I did great work. People loved me, lots of referrals, 
all of that, but it was feast or famine. You know, I would get a check for $20,000. I'd pay all my bills. I'd have nothing for another six months until I got another check. And that was, you know, that was how my world was. And it took until my mid-40s. When I had, um, you know, things were falling apart left and right and I was holding on, I was holding on like, you know, the picture of someone like just drowning and having that one finger out, out, you know, of the ocean and I was holding on with everything I could and finally at some point it just broke and I was 44 and I was looking and I was thinking like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know if I should be a business owner anymore. I don't know how I'm going to be able to make ends meet. I don't know what value I'm giving to the planet anymore. And it was one of those where I had to make a decision. You know, am I going to put on my big girl pants and and get help and figure it out and ask for things I need? Or was I going to just keep going in this cycle forever? And so I did. I reached out. I, I joined that um, polka dot powerhouse at that time. And, you know, the short story was, um, you know, I, uh, all, I, I started a chapter and all the people that were joining were all like massage therapists and they were acupuncturists and they were, and they were psychics and they were, you know, all of this stuff that in my world, in my right in my left brain type A world didn't even connect. I met Ursula at that time. So I met you at that time. And I was like, why are all of these like woo-woo spiritual freaky deeks coming to me? (laughs) No offense because I am one. I just want you to – no offense for those of you that are like, oh, my God, I already hate Barbara. No, I get that. That's where I was at that time. And, you know, I send my past Barbara lots of love. And I didn't realize that at that time that I also had intuitive gifts and I was actually way more spiritual and intuitive. And instead of fighting that piece, I finally opened up for help and support and coaching and you were actually one of my first coaches ever and um it was it was it's life-changing right it's life-changing so that's the short answer and i hope that answered your question yeah beautiful i love that i i would say 95 percent of our guests come on here and talk about having had imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and it's always a big surprise to everyone like including myself like i've talked about i think i did a whole show on imposter syndrome and you know just the the fear of that whatever's behind it. And I also think that's what drives us to work on ourselves and to be the best that we can be. So there's that, you know, that the both sides of it. So, hmm, so many things I want to ask you. Um, you know, today we're talking about rewriting your story to expand exponentially expand your revenue. So let's go there. Like, how did you, how and when did you get this idea of rewriting your story? How did you do it? And how has that served you so that others may do that as well? Okay, so I do it every day. So um, this is, right? It's not like, oh, let's just rewrite it, put it on the shelf, and we're done. (laughs) So I don't remember who said it. I think it um, was probably one of your mentors, but I don't read, so I'm not really sure. But when, you know, when you're born, you're born with two fears, the fear of being alone and the fear of falling. And every other fear, insecurity, is something that you've learned in some way. You know, when your mom says to you, oh, you're never gonna be able to do that. You're so ditzy or you're not smart enough or whatever it is. And that stuff sticks with you. And you could be, you know, top level CEO, goddess of the world, 
and still have some of those old stories playing in your head. You never know where they're going to come back and like bite you. And at the same time, it's really important to get rid of it. And I will actually, um, another thing that you've really helped me with, which I don't know if I ever said that, but now's the time, is in, gosh, it was probably sales camp. You had us write out and I call it our organizational story, but it was the vision. You know, in six months from now, um, if your irrational mind wasn't telling you all the things you couldn't do, what is your vision? And write it out as if it's happening now. So, and this is something that I use all the time with my clients. I modified it a little bit. And at the same time, this has been the most helpful for me to rewrite my story. I write it out. I write out who I'm celebrating with, how much money's in my bank account. When I'm at the bar and saying, drinks on me to everyone in the bar in Hawaii, you know, I'm picturing that. I'm feeling it. And I'm not worrying about the how. I'm writing that out because if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. And then I do what you had us do in that sales camp. I, I wrote out, and I continue to do this, write out, and I call it my CRAP story. And it's basically, I get a junky piece of paper, I get a bottle of wine, I get, um, I get incense, and then I realize I was dating myself, so now I say essential oils. But I get, because <laughs> I'm like, I'm an 80s kid, we did incense. So yeah, so I get my bottle of wine, I get my essential oils, I get the bubble bath, and I write out why I'm not there. And that's where I write out or encourage people to write out, you know, who do you want to blame? Who do you want to yell at? Who was the person that screwed you in fifth grade that you're still carrying that message? Who called you fat? Whatever it is, you know, you write out why you're not there yet. Why aren't you at your vision? And then, which we also did in sales camp, is ceremoniously get rid of it. And so uh, I think we crumpled it up there. I, I burn it. You know, you can burn it. You can throw it on a mountain, whatever it is. But it really is the process of looking at where do you really want to be and really feeling those feelings and then getting rid of all of the junk so you can be there. And so that's that's what I do. And I do that regularly. I mean, at least once a year, I go through that activity just yeah. to keep focused on my vision, which changes. Yeah, beautiful. And, you know, I learned that originally, and there's so many different versions of it, and so mm -hmm. many of us are doing it. Originally, I learned about it um, in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. The idea of what we're doing is bringing in that future self. So that self six months from us, when we step into that moment of celebration, that's person, our future self already knows. And when you start to access that knowing, and you bring that back with you, your subconscious mind starts to work from that. And it's so powerful because stuff just, stuff just starts to shift and people start to show up and things start to happen. And it's like, well, I can't explain that. And we don't need to, we don't need to explain it to experience it. So for our listeners, if you haven't been practicing scripting as your future self, it's so powerful. And I love the piece. Yeah, when we were at sales camp, we couldn't start fires inside the hotel. So we just ripped it's them fine. off. It's fine. It's fine. I still got it. I understood. <laughs> but I always recommend, like, if you tear up your story, make sure it goes all the way outside of your house. You don't want it floating around. So, yeah. So rewriting your story uh, to exponentially expand your revenue is one of the most powerful things I think we can do as business owners and also one of the most overlooked things because I think people can think, well, that's so simple. That can't work. Yep. Absolutely. And yet, even as you're doing it, as you're right, as you're right, I, I laugh because I mean, when I wrote my first story, I was like, <laughs> I was crying the whole time, right? My horrible, yeah. like blame everybody's story. 
it also, but it illuminates like the reasons you're holding on to why you can't have what you have. And it's a big lie. It's such a big lie. So I appreciate you sharing that. So where that, you know, what's happened over since the pandemic, let's talk about that because I think for, I mean, I know business owners, I know, you know, business owners who had $10 million businesses laid them down at the front end of the pandemic. They were in the training world like we were, and it was a scary, weird, interesting time, right? And yet you and I are both still here. We know a lot of people who have gone on to thrive during the pandemic. What was that like from, for you from, you know, March of 2020, what kind of stories did you have to let go of to, to keep going? I had to let go of the story that I needed an office, that I needed to see people, Mm -hmm. And that I wasn't professional unless if I was working out of my bedroom or my my room in, in my house, that was big for me. And that was actually really hard um, because so and for you know, I didn't share my whole past, but a big part of my past was around how you looked and um, appearances and all of this, you know, what's professional, what's not professional, people that are spiritual or woo-woo, people that go outside or granola. Like I, I was born in this crazy, crazy bubble. And for me, breaking through that and realizing that I actually don't need an office, I don't need, um, I don't need things, I just have enough that I am enough and the work that I do is enough. And that was really powerful for me. And now, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to go outside. I don't, I don't even want to get in office anymore. I realized that that's, you know, that was something that was about appearances. It wasn't about making a difference. And, you know, again, like I have to keep rewriting that story. Like I am no, I am more evolved than I was 10, 20 years ago, but I am in no way there yet, 100%. So that was interesting. The other piece is I realized that the connection that a lot of people need is so important. And it was one of the things that I did throughout the pandemic was I just checked in with people. Like I would wake up every day and say, who can I give value to today? And I would pick up the phone and I would actually call a human, like I wouldn't text. I wouldn't text. I would, I, yeah, I actually picked up the phone. phone. Like no one would answer, but you know, I, feel, <laughs> I would pick up the phone. And and that's a practice I still do today. I, I wake up every day and I think, who can I give value to? Not who's paying me, who's a client. It's like, who pops in my head? I even sent someone a text message before. It was just like, I just wanted you to know I'm thinking about you. I didn't call because it was like six o'clock in the morning. But that's the kind of thing that shifted for me during the pandemic, realizing how important that connection is for for folks. I used to think that I could just do everything by myself. You know, I didn't need it. Like I said, I went through years thinking I could just figure it all out on my own. I don't need people. I don't need to ask for help. I don't need it. And now I was like, oh, yeah, I actually do like that connection. Yeah. And it's so much faster and easier. Like, let's just let's just get that support we need. OK, so circling back, I love that, like what you did, you know, really connecting with humans. Yes. <laughs> now that we live in Zoom boxes, right? We forget that the phone <laughs> still works. Um, even if they don't answer, you can leave a message. I love that. So circling back to quantum revenue. Yes. What are your top two tips for busting through an income ceiling? What's been your experience with that? <sighs> so 
it's really focusing, for me, it's been focusing on the feeling that I know I will have once I get to that next level. And I know this sounds super um, out there for some, but it really is about embodying that feeling. And I got that, again, from you and from Rebecca. It's been really, really helpful. If someone would have told me 20 years ago to embody a feeling, I would have been like, WTF? Like, I don't know what that is and how to do it. And that's something that I've really worked on because my mind would say, oh, you don't have this money. You have no money in your bank account. You don't have the, you need to pay bills. And it's like all this chitter chatter instead of just focusing on the feeling and embodying that feeling. And the and for me, it's peace. That's mm-hmm. the feeling is um, peace. There's no, it, there's no stress. There's no worry. I have enough. I have more than enough to do what's in my highest and best for my family and my business. And that to me is my definition of success, which I've also had to re-revise actually in this past year. I used to think success was how much money you had. And now I realize it's about being able to make the decisions and do things that are in the highest and best of your family and your business. That to me is success. It's It's not a number in the same way. Yeah. So beautiful. It's not a number. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really, you know, knowing that that's interesting. You said that too, about knowing like embodying a feeling every day. So let's talk about that for a second. How would you describe the feeling that you embody or one of those feelings or like, is it a feeling of confidence or peace? Or maybe you said it was peace or like what really worked for you? <sighs> It's so hard to tell someone how to do it, right? Like that's why 10 years ago, if someone said to me, embody peace, I would have been like, oh, what? And so. How, like, where do you feel in your body? Is it your stomach? Is it your heart? Is it your soul? It is, it my, is entire, my entire being. And, um, and I have to close my eyes because I yeah. really, it's, it's this, um, gosh. You know, I couldn't meditate. I couldn't do any of these things for so long. A lot of people can't, yeah. I had to teach myself. And so it's a fee- it's just, um, yeah, it's like tingling in my body. It's chills in my body. And it's, um, you know, you can feel yourself when you tighten up and you can feel yourself when you relax. And it really is about just um, – grounding in your body and um having your feet on the floor and your seat in your seat like you always say your seat in your seat your feet on the floor and just feeling like just paying attention there's like this mindfulness and I guess um so when I feel like um for example I had a, a time when someone um I was there was it was a cyber crime and they stole five thousand dollars from me and you know feeling like just in like the stress come on and and saying I don't have another five thousand dollars that I'm going to be able to pay I have to my clients waiting for money I thought I I had the money I was paying them but someone else took the money and like my client still needs money and like all of this stuff I literally had to take a step back and just get out of my head, not try to figure things out intellectually and just feel in my body 
that it's going to be okay and this peace. And I don't know how to explain it in any other way than that. But it's like you have to literally tell yourself like, stop, stop spinning, stop. Like, you know, hit yourself over the head with that spiritual two by four to stop. Yeah. And and just be and and, and trust. And so all of that goes into embodying a feeling. Yeah, it's good. I think that's a great way to explain it and tune into it. And I think it's also a great reminder that you don't have to, you don't have to be a great meditator or anything like that to just embody a feeling and to, to hold on to that. And the easy way to think about it too, is it's, it's the opposite. A lot of times like the opposite of whatever you don't want to feel anymore. Like when you were talking about the cyber crime, you probably felt you know stressed and there was scarcity and like in that feeling versus moving out of it and saying, you know what, more money is coming. Mm-hmm. I have peace or faith or trust in that going to lean into that feeling. And while we can't measure that per se from a quantum physics perspective yet, I know, I know, I have a knowing we will be able to do that someday. And in the meantime, we all just get to practice that because I guarantee you when you're feeling, when you're out of scarcity and you're out of just those lower emotions and you're into joy or love, it's just so much easier. And you don't care as much about the other stuff. You don't get all wound up about it. So, okay. We are past our time and I could talk to you forever, but <laughs> and I know you have some, you have something for free and you also have a special offer for our listeners. Go ahead and share what you have. All right. So I have, we, it's just hot off the presses. So it's not on a fancy landing page or anything right now, but I have a strategy guide, which is a written guide that talks about how it's important to abandon those pre-pandemic workforce strategies for engagement. So if you have a company now where people are not as engaged, they don't really want to be there, they're not going up and beyond, and you want to use some information to engage those folks and find the right hires, I have a a strategy guide. You can just email team, T-E-A-M, at organizationalrebel.com. It's a mouthful. Team at organizationalrebel.com. And just put strategy guide in the subject line, and we'll get that out to you. So that is my free offer. And then, um, you know, one of the th- one of the things that's really important is being intentional. In addition to staying in the feeling and all of that, but being intentional with your plan. So if you don't have a strategic plan for your business or an action plan, I think of it more as an action plan, that's something that we are also offering at businessstrategicplan.com. And that's at um, an incredible, ridiculously low investment. And you get to meet with our top strategist and map out a plan for the quarter. So that's at businessstrategicplan.com. Beautiful. So go to businessstrategicplan.com. And you'll find the business action plan session with one of your top strategists. And then one more time, we can email team at organizationalrebel.com. Perfect. All right. And we'll also have that in the show notes. Dr. Barbara Porcelain, thanks for being here today to talk about how to rewrite your story and exponentially expand your revenue. We loved having you. We hope we're going to have you back. So just know for sure. Thank you. And to our listeners all over the world, thanks for hanging out with us this week. We hope things are shifting for you. If there's anything we can do for you at all, or if you have topic suggestions, you can email us at contact at UrsulaInc.co. All right, that's it for now. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. And if you are ready to make your next quantum leap, let's do it. Ursula invites you to join us at the 2X Intensive. 
go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. Don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app.